there be football? Won't there be football? Who knows? Most you can do is keep your fingers crossed. Pray to the football gods. Shula Bull Pod back at you. I am feeling 100% off of the DL, off of the injured reserve. I'm back, ready to go, full strength. Eric Henry here, FIU beat writer for SB Nation. Got a full house. Mr. David Hondel, our FIU superfan, or, and, excuse me, not or, and uh, Shane Marinelli. All things recruiting insider for FAU Owls Nest, doing a great job crushing that. First things first, uh, David, um, the uh, grad school life, man. You, you okay? You, you hanging in there with us, or are you, uh, you officially uh, tapping out? Um, I'm hanging on a thread. <laughs> I actually just started my second semester. I guess my fall B. I guess is what it would be. But yeah, you know, it's 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 going. It's super fun. Yay! I, I got me- your papers. Fifty bucks a page. <laughs> <laughs> That's going say- right now. Yeah, with the inflation since I was in college. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing like spending my Saturdays not watching football and in class, quote unquote. I mean that that could be a win for FIU fans. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I, I just was gonna also send it to Shane really quick and shout him out. Someone who's put a lot of mileage on his car to a. Uh, go be out and about covering FAU recruits. And we'll, you know, we'll probably get into that a little bit later in this podcast. Glad to see that uh, Shane's made it back from uh, his his journey through the South unscathed. Uh, Here's what we're going to kind of do tonight, you know, because we've had a couple episodes recorded by my count, at least two that you guys haven't heard. The reason for that is because of COVID. Uh, We've been kind of scaling back on the previews because we tape these previews and then Things happened like Thursday night last week, where at 11.10 or 11.20, something like that, it was it was reported, at least I got the email, something like 10.45, and then it was confirmed at 11 that FIU would not be making the trip to Jerry Richardson Stadium in Charlotte. FAU fans listening, you guys have already felt victims of that multiple times this year. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to record a preview, and uh, we'll get into both games. FAU, the biggest rivalry in Conference USA, FAU fans versus Brendan Knox, is set to take place this week. And uh, FIU said take on Jacksonville State. We're going to preview that, but we're also going to kind of a- answer a couple of questions that you guys sent in just so you can get a little something from us. So we're not disappearing from your memory for weeks at a time. So uh, I figured how we'll do this. You know, we'll start with a couple of questions. And then, of course, you know, we want to leave enough time for uh, Shane to, you know, sufficiently rant on. Uh, or actually, I mean, hey, Lane Kiffin started the rant. Brendan Knox is uh, 23 carries, 220 yards, and the Marshall victory last year. And also a preview FIU and Jacksonville State. David will be, uh, you know, um, uh, drinking his tears away or, or drinking sorrows away at the fact that FIU is 0-2. So, fellas, uh, I figure we'll start with uh, a couple questions first. We'll knock out a couple really quickly. Um, Shane, you want to start with this one because you and I have talked about this a little bit, and I'm curious to get David's perspective on it. Uh, I guess we'll go with serious football question here. You and I have talked about whether or not this season should be marked with an asterisk. And, and uh, just kind of curious what your POV on that is. And, David, I'll send it to you next before I give my thoughts. Um, I don't want to say the season doesn't mean anything. I, I just – my biggest thing is – and let's just – and I'm going to use this – what's going on with FAU this weekend uh, going into Marshall. I mean, essentially for a lot of people, I mean, a couple teams, maybe can throw UAB in there, probably have the talent to win Conference USA this year. And, you know, F- Marshall's going to get FAU in a week where they could be missing up to 20 players or at the very least get some of those players back, but they haven't practiced for two weeks. So I'm just sitting here just kind of looking at it saying, you know, week to week, teams aren't playing each other at their best. 
the the team that FAU put on the field versus Charlotte is not even probably won't even be close to the same team that plays against Marshall this weekend. So, you know, I think my bigger point is is yeah, you can win a championship and stuff this year, but you know, is it really uh, how am I supposed to, the best way to say that, is it really a le- where your program stands at this point? If you win a championship this year, is it really reflective of where your program is standing for the long term and, you know, all that, all those type of things? Uh, or you just kind of were the best of some craziness in a COVID year? Listen, my answer to that direct question would be, if FIU somehow would pull off the conference championship this year, it's an absolute full-on go season. If not, you know, I might have to label it as an asterisk if we continue to lose games. Well, I, I definitely think the games mean something. But just in uh, – and I even look at it this just from like a fan's quote-unquote trash-talking point of view, and especially in a week – where, you know, you have, I think there was a week a couple of weeks ago where, you know, Southern Miss was out like 20 players worth North Texas. And it's like, okay, you know, you know, it, it, in the grand schemes, does it really mean that much? Or, or were we playing elaborated dress scrimmages? Because that's kind of what it feels like. Really quickly, and I'm going to ask David this question in a second, but Shane, I... And when we talked about this off air, initially I was kind of pushing back on it just because of the fact that, you know, you take a look at Jay Hobson at Southern Miss. I'm sure he wishes that, you know, he could have a mulligan this year. You look at David Duggan, Arkansas State defensive coordinator who lost his job. But I've kind of come around to your side. And I, here's what I'm going to say. Have you guys seen Marshall? Not Marshall. UMass. Uh, they came back, started a year, took it on the chin week one. Unfortunately, I can't remember who they played. They've scheduled Marshall. Georgia Southern. George Southern, they've scheduled Marshall. They're going to lose that game. Will they score a point? Who knows? I, I, they I scheduled FAU too. And they scheduled FAU. Yeah, I mean, you know, credit Walt Bell for wanting to get his team out there on the field. But, like, everything he's doing, I feel like he could have accomplished in practice. So I've kind of come around to Shane's point of view on this one. But, David, I want to ask you this one, uh, you know, because you kind of gave the uh, the uh, cheeky fan uh, answer there. But I want to ask you this, all right, just, you know, as an FIU fan, do, do you feel a little bit, like, is it, is it frustrating that, for example, you know, Butch Davis said he had the 17 false positives and, you know, we saw it happen, how that affected the quarterback situation. Is it just like, damn, you know, do you just kind of disregard this year? And like, can you get as invested as you normally would given the circumstances of COVID? I guess that's the question I'm asking you. I can definitely get, you know, just as invested just because they're at least, you know, playing games for the most part. But I do agree with Shane to the fact that, you know, so many schools are having issues uh, not being able to play all their players and things like that. Um, it, it makes it difficult to judge. I mean, once again, you know, I'm making like jokes out here, but I am happy to see that, you know, football at least is back. And at least we're getting, you know, some sort of, you know, football entertainment. But at the same time, it, it's just it is hard. It's a, like it's hard to judge. When, like, you know, Shane mentioned, like, FAU is going to play a good Marshall team, but FAU might be missing a lot of guys. So, like, how do you correctly judge that? How do you blame, like, you can't really blame Marshall for not having as many COVID cases. You know what I mean? So, it, it's just, it's a weird situation. Um, and so, I think, you know, I guess we're, like, not halfway done, but, like, you know, we've had a few weeks of college football already. 
And it's just, you know, it's just kind of difficult to judge whether or not, you know, this is a quote unquote asterisk season or, you know, how could you judge like the program going forward? I'm going to go ahead and knock out this and this question really quickly because it'll be a quick one here. Uh, as I said, we don't run from any questions on this podcast from at FIU is underscore is trash. Which was more painful, Eric, watching F- last week's FIU games referring to Middle Tennessee State or getting your wisdom teeth removed? Yo, don't affect my check any whether FIU wins or loses. So that's not necessarily painful to me. Um, was it painful thinking of the questions I was going to have to ask Butch Davis given the, the way the fourth quarter played out? Yeah, but nah, the wisdom teeth easily. Uh, next question. Uh, I think we can have some fun with this one because <laughs> I guess some people may not know this. Um, this question came in. This was DM to me. Forgive me for not having the uh, the um, sender directly offhand. How did we all meet slash what was our impressions of each other before doing the pod? Uh, I, I guess I'll kind of quickly jump in here before I, I'll let Shane take it away first. Uh, the three of us have not all been in the same place at the same time. Uh, thanks to David's, you know, always having some sort of, you know, obligation, whether it's his girlfriend or whatever it may be. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you should move to Miami Dade and, you know, you'd be close. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The three of us have not all been in the same place at the same time. So uh, uh, the how did we all meet just through uh, Five Reasons Sports? But Shane, what was your impressions of, of, the, uh, uh, of us before getting together to do this pod? Well, Eric and I spent six months fighting on Twitter about FIU strength the schedule and how much the 2018 season really meant. That's like, correct. I mean, that was, I was, uh, that bowl season was just kind of like, because it was the back and forth between FIU going five and seven. I believe FIU went, it won eight games that year or something. Eight, and I'm like, well, you, yeah, I'm like, if you swap these two games, which was, I believe like Rice and someone else on, uh, compared to who, who FEU had to play on the Western side of the conference. I think I believe FEU got Louisiana tech in North Texas who were both very good and yada, yada, yada. So we spent, you know, six months debating that until, you know, this kind of all kind of aroused, uh, Eric. Yeah. And, you know, we've hung out several times, uh, since then, but yeah, no, I think, you know, we've always just kind of, you know, we have a lot of similar sports. I think in our regular off the air chat, we talk more about like, uh, 90s baseball and you know what was it like to be Bucks and Dolphins fans in the late 90s and early 2000s is kind of what we reminisce about probably more than college football uh, but yeah <laughs> yeah I, the, the the first time I, I met the first time me and I met Shane you know through Twitter because when we were both you know our names were brought up for this podcast we actually met up at the greatest place in the world Flanagan's and that's where me and Shane first met over some beers and wings so Great first impression there. And then Eric I met in Tulane, um, and I still don't even know what Eric looks like. So, you know. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I erased that Tulane game from my memory. Yeah. So, so really quick. Mind erasers. <laughs> so really quick, what uh, what David's referring to, and to, to quickly piggyback off what Shane said, yeah, Shane and I, like, I, I'm about two, two and a half years younger than Shane, so we're similar in age as opposed to, I think, David's six or seven years younger than us. Um, so Shane and I do spend a lot of time just reminiscing about uh, having similar sports backgrounds, late 90s, early 2000s, football, baseball, whatever it may be. Uh, to kind of what David's talking about, um, how do I say this uh, in a PG way? David was uh, in, a, in a nice state of mind uh, at the Tulane game. And the first time I'd actually met him, we had talked and done all the prep for the pod. 
And uh, I got a message from him saying, hey, man, you at the game? Or are you, like, on the field? I'm like, yeah, I'm down here. And he uh, made his way down to the uh, <laughs> to the first row. And he's like, hold on, I'll come down to the field. And David <laughs> just walks out to the field at Yolman Stadium. And, uh, Shane, I, I, I got to give you this image just because, I, I, you know, David knows it and David Drucker knows it. But, Shane, you don't. So at Tulane, I've told the story many times. I had to wait for Coach Davis for uh, quite a bit for the postgame presser to start, right? And, um, you know, the only official media who, who typically travels for games is me. Um, so imagine, Shane, a Butch Davis press conference in which you have David Drucker in an FIUT and like, shorts. Um, David Hondell, who, like I said, was in a nice state of mind, and me. And Butch <laughs> Davis walks out after getting shellacked by Tulane, and he'd be like, the, the two of them didn't ask any questions. I think I'm the one who asked questions, but I wonder what coach Davis was just thinking when he just saw like those two guys and me, and he's just like, what's going on? I didn't, I wasn't even supposed yeah, to be there. Norland. I stumbled my way into that, like that post game presser, I guess if that's what you want to call it. Um, I, I literally was just like, I was walking out of the stadium and this lady saw my credentials pass. I was like, Oh, you go this way. And then I met and I saw Eric and Drucker there. I was like, Oh, I guess, you know, I guess I'll hang out here. <laughs> And one thing led to another. Now I'm interviewing Butch Davis. And I'm like, all right, do I have to pretend like I'm doing something now? <laughs> I, I love it. A, a man who was coached in the NFL, won national titles, is at a presser with <laughs> a drunk kid who just got lost inside of stadium. <laughs> Shane, that that's that's what made it so that's what made it so hilarious is once again, I don't want to make it seem like David was just completely out of it, but David, I mean, Shane, we've all seen this. The guy who's had a little bit to drink and he kind of thinks he's playing it off by like trying to stand extra upright. But really, you can tell he's hammered. That was David to the left of me. I was like, yo, is David going to fall over in front of Butch Davis? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you got to give me some credit. I, I had myself more more stable than, you know, people are probably imagining right now. I was at yeah, least able yeah. to stand. But, you know, I, I probably did smell like beer, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right let's uh let's do one more two of these real quick here's another fun one I, i'm sure uh we can have fun with this one favorite ncaa football video game memories and uh, if the game comes back what would you want to see in the game uh i my fa- i mean i used to you know i grew up playing them all but i actually during this quarantine um i started playing it again i had my i saw my old xbox 360 and you know the best part is just you know building your dynasty with your made up coach and picking essentially your favorite school. And I, I think I've run, I don't even think there's a number of how many FIU dynasties and FIU national championships that I've won on on NCAA and uh, you know, tag that with the road to glories. Um, You know, it's just, it's still my favorite game of all time and it definitely needs to make a comeback. Uh, yeah, I don't have my PS2 anymore, so I, I haven't been able to, or my Xbox. Uh, I haven't been able to play that forever. If they do bring it back, hmm, I, I want the recruiting to just get way more intense. Like, but to, to, uh, should we go like NFL blitz with it where like you can have like boosters pay recruits and stuff and like Nike shoe scandals and all that? <laughs> I, I I feel like Shane wants like to like be, uh, like build a recruiting analyst feature in NCAA football where he can kind of create himself and all of a sudden he progresses his way from you know um, you know uh, junior league like you know recruiting analyst at two four seven sports so all of a sudden you know he's just like the main Madden Raider Madden Raider <laughs> be a Madden Raider just go on the side and just be like yeah all right ninety six 
I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> Last one of these really quick before we jump into some uh, preview talk here. Um, Shane, I'll kick it to you first. Favorite P5 or G5 road game as a fan? Uh, Wisconsin, without a doubt. I, I, just a real quick story. I paid for a drink there. Uh, we It was when a hurricane was down here, so we actually got stuck there. But uh, it was a classic 11 a.m. Big Ten kickoff. And the whole, like, in the way Wisconsin kind of has it set up, you kind of bar hop walking towards the stadium. It's 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 more of a bar tailgating scene than it, it's traditional. Um, and people saw us our FAU gear, and they were just buying us shot after shot after drink after drink because they felt that, oh, you guys made it up from the hurricane. Oh, hey, thank you, guys. Here, let me get you a drink. And uh, we're talking about two or three of those at every bar. So you can just imagine the condition uh, we were. Uh, walking into the stadium at 10 30 in the morning <laughs> uh mine would be so i have two uh because one's from before college one's during college uh before college i went to uh the fiu penn state game where it was like joe paul's first game back on the field after his like injury and it was like the first time i had experience big 10 football and like just the stadium like the atmosphere in you know, state college was ridiculous. I was like, nothing I'd ever seen. So that was really cool. But college wise, uh, I'll, I'll give you a little shout out to Eric. Probably one of my favorite trips is up to the bounce house at UCF. Just, uh, just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a nice little three hour drive. It's a nice little getaway, good bar scene. And, you know, it was just a good time partying with, you know, UCF people who didn't like me very much, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Eric doesn't want to talk about the bounce house at this time. Uh, that aside, <laughs> no, um, my, my, uh, mine that I'd have to take is, uh, made the road trip to Stanford. I want to say it was 2014, I believe, or was it? No, it was 20. God, I think it was 2015. I think it was the Owen, Owen 12 year, I believe. Uh, that was just a fun trip because Memorial Stadium in Stanford, not Memorial Stadium, Wisconsin, but Memorial Stadium in Stanford's a really like scenic, beautiful stadium. So that was pretty cool. Trying to think of any other ones. I mean, the USF trips were always fun, you know, because that's the rivalry. Anytime you get to go down, I mean, a me being from Tampa always makes it fun because everyone I went to high school with went to USF. I've told I don't know if I've told this on the podcast, but my both my parents went to USF. My sisters went to USF. I'm the only one went to UCF. So that's always fun getting a chance to go in and, and UCF gear and uh, see a bunch of people from high school. And, and that game's always fun when UCF wins. Uh, when UCF loses, it's not necessarily the most fun thing walking on a Raymond James Stadium. But yeah, those would be my uh, answers to that one. Uh, the other questions we didn't get to, we promise we'll come back around and answer those another time. Just kind of wanted to knock out a few here to kind of uh, give you guys a little bit something just in case we, uh, you know, fingers crossed we do get football, but just in case we don't, you got a little something there. Shane, I definitely want to start with you. FAU Marshall, because this one, and this is where I got to agree with you, Shane, uh, as far as what you said earlier, as far as the disappointment with COVID around this football season. I forget the fact that Chris Robinson isn't part of the team and, you know, uh, Achilles Leroy isn't part of the team. This still would be a game that just talent wise, you'd want to see if FAU, everything considered full strength, can go in there and win because you and I have talked about this a ton and people in Conference USA circles have talked about this a ton. Um, while Marshall may have more returning guys who have a little more experience. We think FAU's recruited pretty well, and we would have liked to have seen them at full strength to go against Brendan Knox. Doesn't appear if that's going to be the case. So I'll kind of let you take it away there. Um, Marshall coming in pretty good at 4-0. Grant Wells looks like he's balling. Um, yeah, FAU Marshall, uh, just your uh, initial thoughts. Yeah, I mean, FAU's trying to get guys back right now. Uh, FAU's been practicing at odd hours 
kind of to try and get, uh, you know, where if they have negative tests in the morning, possibly, you know, in the, those guys have now have been clean for two weeks, they can practice in the evening. Uh, that's like every you doing things. Willie Taggart today says it looks like they will have enough. Uh, I guess if you had another good round of testing today, so it's we're looking good. There's going to be a game, but man, it's just, you know, um, imagine you have a handful of players on your defense who have been sitting in their dorms for two weeks now and haven't been able to practice or, or, you know, you, you can do, things on zoom and talk about the X's and O's, but they're not practicing. They're not sweating. They're not doing kind of the, the lifting you do during the season to help prevent injury and keep muscle growth. Uh, it's a tough ask. I mean, just think, a you know, a defensive player doesn't tackle for two weeks and it's like, okay, go tackle Greg Knox. You know, uh, it's to me, there's a little element of silliness to it. Uh, and, you know, it's why Marshall's 17-point favorites. It's, you know, but Marshall goes out, and if they go out, and if they win this game 35-10, to 10, does it really mean anything? Did they really beat a true FAU team, Eric? I mean, yeah, no. No, Shane, you make like, a really good – go, go ahead, Shane. Go ahead, Shane. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying it's just it's, – it's, it's a little bit of a – a joke to me. You know what I mean? It, that, you know, Marshall's going to go out and get credited for – you know, and and I get it. The coach speak of this, but I'm not Coach Taggart. Is you got to go out and win with the guys you have. But you know, in the end, it's it's hard enough to beat Marshall with your A team, let alone a, a team that's just had all this, you know, kind of adversity to go through. Yeah, I just was going to piggyback off you and say this. I, I've made the joke on Underdog Dynasty on the podcast there on the the, the Twitter account and here you know, about FAU fans versus Brendan Knox. But I, I mean, it's in all seriousness. I would have loved to have seen, I, I don't care if Aquilas Leroy is part of this team or not. I would have loved to have seen, you know, Brendan Knox versus FAU part two, because you know that Dallas defense of full strength, just no matter who's coming out there. I mean, they had people who were on the team last year would have been fired up for that game. And Marshall is four and oh, you know, this is a game that for me, Shane, what's been difficult this week is trying to separate the fact that this is not FAU at full strength from the fact that it's the defending East and conference champions going up against a really good, seemingly 4-0 Marshall team, right? So I'm trying not to view it through that lens so that when I do write on, you know, Sunday or because I'm going to end up writing about that game and the, the three things I, I do, you know, that uh, that column on Sunday so that I don't view it through that prism of, all right, well, the defending champs got beat. Kudos to Marshall. <laughs> who knows who we're going to see out there. So yeah, I completely agree with you on, on that front, you know? Yeah. So that ties up FAU and Marshall, but the game that David and I will have most interest at is our most interest on, I should say, is going to be the Friday night game. It's going to be FIU 0-2 FIU welcoming a FCS heavyweight, quite frankly, a very good FCS program in Jacksonville state who is two and one. They pushed Florida state to the brink week one. Quite frankly, you know, that's a, a game that Jacksonville State was up by 14 points in the second quarter before really the rushing game of Florida State just managed to go ahead and, and you know, secure that one for the Knowles. But, David, just want your initial thoughts. What are your concerns coming up from Middle Tennessee State? I know we didn't do a, a recap episode, so I don't know if you want to go partial recap rant on Middle Tennessee and then on, you know, um, uh, what you've seen as far as uh, uh, Jacksonville State, as far as kind of your concerns. If this team can go on three, just, you know, have at it. What are your thoughts overall? 
Yeah, uh, I mean, this is definitely a must-win game. Uh, you just you can't lose to an FCS team after you know, especially after an ugly loss to a Middle Tennessee team. Uh, I think the thing that you know I'm definitely look, looking at is if they're going to decide to play to stick to a quarterback. Um, you know, we saw mainly Kalen Wiggins against Middle Tennessee, and you know, a lot of it. Butch said that had to do with the false positives. So I'm curious to see what route they're going to go this week. Um, you know, my my thought, I personally think that we should see Stone, uh, Stone Norton out there. And I just, you know, I, I'm expecting a win. I mean, I, there's a, I, I would be devastated if we lose to Jacksonville State. It's, it's, it's you know, it's a game that we, we can't go 0-3. We, we, just, we, just, we just can't. Uh, my heart won't allow it. But yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing you know which quarterback they run with, uh, the you know the continued you know success of our run game and the defense has you know been playing better than you know than last year at least. So I'm expecting a win. I'm hoping to see a win, and I'm hoping to see some Stone Norton on Friday. Listen, I'll piggyback off David's point. You talking about the defense? I've you know gotten on this defense over the past two years as far as the running game is concerned, or their propensity to give up uh, you know large amounts of rushing yards. They've given up only 355 rushing yards this year, and if you take out four chunk plays, there were two chunk plays against Liberty. I, I believe Malik Wills had a run for 60 something yards. Joshua Mack 33 yards. Asher O'Hara had one of 30, and then uh, I want to say it was Shatan Mobley who had one of 20 something yards. You take those four out. And FIU's run defense is giving up something like 2.5 yards per carry, you know, so give them kudos to Jeff Kopp and the run defense. They're doing well. Uh, the pass defense is still solid. I know Josh Turner had a, a couple of questionable PIs on week one, but he rebounded week two and may have been, you know, one of the top cornerbacks in conference USA as far as his performance. He even got a shout out from some of the PFF guys for how well he shut down the, uh, uh, the throws that came his way. But David talked about it, the quarterback situation. This is week three of potentially three quarterbacks. Max Bordenschlager, I wrote about it earlier this week. Max Bordenschlager has seen 18 snaps. Kalen Wiggins has seen the most snaps. And Stone Norton has uh, seen eight drives. He's coming right behind him, uh, right behind Kalen as far as snaps are concerned. No doubt that Stone's been the most efficient passer. I know one of the biggest gripes that Coach Davis has as far as the quarterbacks in general. But uh, you can attribute this if you uh, you can attribute it mostly to Stone. Uh, not that Kalen hasn't held onto the ball as well. But Stone, if you uh, by my count, I have Stone as uh, four of the ten sacks that the FIU offensive line has allowed. I've attributed those to him. Pro Football Focus has it at three. I believe Pro Football Focus has two of those attributed to Kalen Wiggins. I have it at one. the The reason I bring that up is because FIU's offensive line has been really good the past two years. You know, you go back 2018 season, they only allowed eight sacks. Last year, only allowed 14. This year, through two through, through two games, have allowed 10. Those numbers fall back on the offensive line, but the quarterback's got to get the ball out of his hand. So that's the gripe that you can have with Stone. Um, David, really quick, I, I've asked some FIU fans this, and I'm curious what your thoughts on it. Uh, obviously, you know, I've talked about being familiar with Alex Magoo. I went to high school. Uh, we didn't we didn't overlap. We missed each other by a year, but I went to the same high school as Alex Magoo. So I followed his career pretty well. What were your thoughts on Alex as a freshman and, and sophomore, specifically those early, early Alex Magoo years under Ron Turner, if you can remember that far back? Yeah, um, I mean, I was I was a bit critical on him. I, I I don't know which year it was that it was either freshman or sophomore that he had a really good season, and then the next season was a kind of a big letdown. Um, so I questioned him more. I think on I think it was his junior year than I did his freshman sophomore year. But um, you know, I I was I was pretty high on Magoo for a while. I kind of went down a bit, and then you know he. 
he his senior year uh, was you know back on the coup train but you know I, I it was it was um you know up and down david the reason i asked that question is i'm just curious i'm you know i have plenty of room to write about the quarterback so i won't really opine too much do you think that fiu fans are prepared for the you know inevitable growing pains that would come with a starting a redshirt freshman i'm not saying that stone you know is by any means you start him and all of a sudden the season goes down the drain but he is a redshirt freshman so i do think if you start him and choose to start him the rest of the way you're gonna have to deal with some of the growing pains like him holding on to the football a little bit long or you know maybe being up and down or, or you know you see the talents there but he still is a redshirt freshman. So I'm asking you on behalf of FIU fans, given the talent that's there on this team, do you think FIU fans would be prepared for, um, and maybe I, I shouldn't say inevitable ups and downs, but if there are ups and downs, if you do choose to start Stone? I think they will. Um, I think the consensus is that they would prefer to have Stone out there because he just gives, I think I personally also agree that he gives us, you know, a better chance to win because of his ability to, you know, like he's just a better passer than a guy like Kalen Wiggins. But if we do end up going with Kalen Wiggins, like we've mentioned, they need to, you know, adjust his style of play and just they can't assume that he is the same as the JMO or an Alex Magoo. So I think in the Strosky system, I think Stone gives us the best chance to succeed. Yeah, and I'll just kind of close it up on this because I think that's the point that that's key. You know, I've talked to Coach Skrowski in the offseason. He's mentioned that, hey, I'm, I don't run a 1,000 plays. I, I run 100 plays or the, the playbook's condensed, and I'm looking to rep stuff really well that my offense can go up against any defensive look and be, you know, adequately prepared. But the, this playbook doesn't have a 1,000 plays, so there's not an entirely separate playbook for Kalen. Kalen's going to have to run the plays that Stone runs, that Max runs, that James run has ran, and that Alex ran. So um, that will be something worth keeping an eye on. Uh, really quick, Shane, want to ask you one last thing about the FAU matchup just in general, you know, because I, I know, once again, we don't know what FAU team will take the field. But if FAU is going to be able to win this game, just it seems like a year ago that, you know, they played week one or their week one against Charlotte, um, the running game. I mean, that that's going to be the thing that gets them through, right? Uh, no, I actually didn't say that. Uh, I, I would totally disagree. I think Marshall is okay. going to be able to kind of something has to happen, right? So actually BJ Emmons is probably doubtful for this game. He twisted his ankle against Charlotte um, and has been working to get back. I, I get, you know, Taggart didn't sound too confident, but you know, he's just one of those game time decisions. but you know, that still leaves Malcolm Davidson, James Charles and Larry McCammon. My number one key to this game, or actually two, two keys, Nick Tronti, has to make throws versus man coverage and, you know, and, and beat them. They're going to challenge him to do that. FU is the talent at the receiver. And it, if Tronti doesn't make the throws kind of, and FAU doesn't win kind of those one on quote unquote, one-on-one balls and create some separation, it's not going to matter if FU is Walter Payton. So, cause Marshall's physical and they're just going to load the box. Uh, so th- they, they have to make throws. They're not going to be able to, you know, Marshall's just as athletic as FAU. It's one of the few teams that, you know, Marshall has 30 kids from the state of Florida on their team. You're not going to be able to jet sweep and kind of do the quarterback keepers and run east to west like you can do versus some other Conference USA schools. And you're, you're, just, you're going to have to just win one-on-one battles. The other thing is, is you know, I've said this. 
there's a couple things that can happen. This is depending who's on defense. If Jim Levitt can create some chaos, depending on who FU has defense, and give Hayden, um, his last name is blanking my mind real quick, Marshall's quarterback. Uh, Grant Wells. Grant Wells. Hey, that would I say? Hey, that. Um, Grant Wells. Um, some pr- some uh, put some pressure on him so he could actually have his first true freshman game. He hasn't had that yet, but he hasn't seen a defense, even if they are missing guys with the speed FAU has. So maybe Levitt can uh, uh, put some pressure, you know. Uh, on him and you know he can maybe have one of those games where he throws three picks for the first time and quote unquote you know has his freshman game Shane I think that's a really good point you just made right there you know I was going to transition to Jacksonville State but I'll just piggyback off this really quick Uh, Grant Wells has not had his freshman game yet you know you could say week two after the you know the outburst week one where he threw 100 touchdowns against you know FCS Southeast and for the FC uh, for NCAA football reference um he kind of had a downturn in week one and week two, but it wasn't his true, you know, red shirt freshman game where he was so confused. And Jim Levitt being a, a veteran defensive coordinator, you definitely want to see what he can do with a couple weeks to prepare. But I'll just give a very quick and dirty um, kind of preview of Jacksonville State here. They are, like I said, very solid FCS football program led by their head coach, John Grass. He actually tested positive for COVID last week. So we do not know whether or not he will make the trip if he does not. Uh, offensive coordinator Jimmy Ogle will head the Gamecocks. Their quarterback, Zarek Cooper, former Clemson transfer, really good FCS quarterback. And this was Clemson circa 2014, 2015 when he, when he committed. So it wasn't quite, you know, Trevor Lawrence, 7-0 Clemson, but he, he was definitely still talented enough to get that offer so he can play. Also, um, uh, Trey Barry is their number one go-to receiver. He's actually a tight end, a big target at 6'7", 250. Two legit NFL guys right there who, who will get NFL looks. So this, but by no means, FIU fans, this isn't going to be a walk in the park. This is one that, you know, the Panthers are going to have to show up. And like David said, the passing game has to develop. I, I took a quick look at some of the film from the Middle Tennessee State game. In the fourth quarter, there were a lot of eight-man fronts, nine-man fronts, even 10-man uh, not 10 men, not 10 men in the box, but 10 men within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. So that just goes to show you that they were keying in on the run and daring FIU to pass. Obviously, they weren't able to do that. So we will see how those games play out. Hopefully those games do play out so we can kind of give you a game recap that we'd like to do as well here on the podcast. As always, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Shula Bowl Pod. You can find David on Twitter at Mr. Handel321. And you can find Shane on Twitter. Definitely recommend the follow for everything FAU recruiting at Marinelli Shane. Thank you for listening and uh, happy football watching, everybody.